This is Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, and this is the Retirement Ready Show. Our goal is to educate you on the many topics of retirement and inform you how to create a successful Retirement Ready Roadmap. Thank you for joining me today for another episode where we will make your Retirement Ready Roadmap simple. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates. Now, I am very excited about this week's episode. As you guys have heard me blabbing on and on for months, I had this big challenge with uh, two of my local heroes to climb Grand Teton. And that was, uh, I guess, we last Saturday? Uh, what is yeah, today? Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Saturday, we got up there and we, we did accomplish our goal, which I'm really excited about. It was far tougher than I thought it would be, but uh, we, we got through it. I learned a lot about my son and learned a lot about these two men. So I've asked them to join me this week to talk a little bit about what you guys do, that experience, kind of what that means for people. So I want to introduce Ryan and Derek Toshner. How are you guys? Good. Thanks for having us on, Tony. Yeah, yeah. Awesome to be here. Yeah, it's great to be here. I, I guess people have heard me uh, tell your dad jokes a lot. <laughs> this is the guy. Everyone. Yeah. You know, I say I'm not even a dad. I'm I'm an uncle. Uh, Derek has a couple kids and uh, I feel like I can tell dad jokes as a as a full pa. There. Yeah. <laughs> it starts already. <laughs> I need I need to uh, hit the the right buttons here. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit because I think you guys really are really incredible men, unique people that are really talented at what you do. And you know, I, I think I went into this as a fun challenge. As folks know, we teamed up with Feeding America. Um, we're just going to keep that donation link open over the weekend. Any money that you donate goes right to Feeding America in southeastern Wisconsin. Every dollar provides about four meals. And at the end of this weekend, we're going to match those donations. That's uh, feedingamericawi.org forward slash Drake. That's feedingamericawi.org forward slash Drake to donate. So for me, guys, it was kind of, you know, like an interesting challenge. I don't know that I quite prepared for it. I know you guys are experienced when I, when me and Anthony came out that week, I think it was your second time up that week. And Mm -hmm. Derek, you did four laps in how many days? Yeah. Four laps over 10 days. Jeez. How many vertical feet is that? You know, it's about 7,000 a lap. So 28,000 total. Were you tired? I was tired. I did it once. (laughs) Yeah. My quads are a little bit fatigued today for sure. And that was just three days after I got back from Denali as well. So yeah, I was home for a very short stint before heading out. Yeah. We're going to unpack that a little bit. So why don't we take a couple of minutes, Ryan, give us a little bit of of your background, kind of how you progress to where you are in your career and, and what you do. Yeah. So, uh, I actually went to school for computers and, uh, worked for a couple local organizations for a while. Uh, was interested in fitness, got this kettlebell certification back in 2008 and was just training some friends and coworkers and people that I played baseball with and realized that I like doing the fitness thing a lot more than I like sitting in front of a computer all day. So one thing led to another and, uh, yeah, uh, talked to Derek about going to the kettlebell cert as well. And we started up these TNT businesses. So, uh, local- kettlebell, what, what the heck is a kettlebell? <laughs> it's a uh, picture of cannonball with a handle on I'm it. I'm picturing like a big ripped guy, you know, you know, is it crazy or uh, is it no. something anybody can use? Yeah. There's uh, I mean, at, at the gym there, I have women, men, young, less young. Uh, my least young gym member is 80 and he shows up, uh, like three times a week, pretty consistently. Uh, youngest person I've trained, I think is maybe like 12, give or take. So yeah, a lot of different types of people. Um, 
people who want to lose weight, people who want to get out of pain, people who want to get stronger, people who play different types of sports and activities and, and just be able to function better. I think what's interesting, we've been working together on Thursday morning. I don't know, geez, how long has yeah, it been? Probably uh, well, since maybe like 2009, I yeah, think, or maybe so late 2008. And I, I've always appreciated your ability to kind of meet a client where they're at in their fitness journey. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is not just about, you know, oh, I'm going to lift this big weight, but there's a lot of flexibility and just, you know, staying mobile and just being able to live life. And, and what I think a lot for me, Ryan, is, is you know, I want I love to do things outdoors. I want to be able to climb mountains. I want to be able to water ski with my kids. I, I want to be able to someday be the grandpa that can get on the floor and play with the kids, not just sit in my rocker and, and yell at them or whatever it is. <laughs> right. And and I think that's a lot of the stuff that you do is also just very functional things as we, we're all aging and our bodies change, but there's a lot you can do to help yourself. Yeah, for sure. And, and really, I think most people I actually always say at the gym, like I'm in the fitness industry and I don't like to work out per se. I mean, obviously I do enjoy it, but I would much rather do jujitsu or climb a mountain or go out hiking or swim or bike ride or whatever. So I think that's kind of the mentality that a lot of people have is they think they need to go to the gym and do something at the gym and have fun there. And I think the point of going to the gym is to be able to do things outside the gym. So find other activities that you enjoy and then say, well, the, the strength training and conditioning, the flexibility and getting out of pain and everything that I do at the gym allows me to do those other things better. Uh, and then you enjoy it more because you make it to the top of a mountain. Make it to the top of a mountain. That sounds got a nice ring to it. All right, need, my, need my other button. There we go. I'm always slow on the buttons, the sound effects. I'm always, I gotta get better at that. Yeah, I gotta yeah. get better at that. So. Let's say, you know, I'm a retiree, just retired, pick an age, let's say 64. I've had an office job, I'm pretty sedentary. And maybe now I have a little bit more time on my hands. And I realize I want a little bit better fitness kind of where would that person start? What, what do they do? What should they focus on? Yeah, actually, I'll jump into this. I think we lose two things as we age faster than others. And the first is flexibility. Like you mentioned, um, you don't want to be fighting your own inflexibility. Uh, as your strength training. And the second is power, our ability to move quickly, right? So we can maintain our ability to be strong into our later years of life. Uh, there's um, documentation of strong men lifting into their heavy and performing circus type things in their 70s. Wow. Uh, and there's very enduring people, you know, people are doing uh, ultra marathons and Ironmans in their 70s and 80s as well. Um, but that ability to move quickly is super important. So, and flexibility. So those go hand in hand. I'd probably start with flexibility, some strength work, and then slowly transition that into, um, faster movements. Yeah, for sure. You don't use it, you lose it. Right. right. And so, and, and if you have lost it, you can rebuild it back, but you got to build it back slow, you know, otherwise you're just going to get injured. So yeah. take your time. And, you know, it's, it's amazing that when you, when you do move quickly, um, let's say I do just five kettlebell swings, for example, or, or like three jumps in the air, right? Um, your heart rate is going to have a response to that, right? You, you do five kettlebell swings and you set it down. And even though the weight is set down, your heart rate is going to have inertia. Your heart rate is going to continue to climb, even though the weight's on the floor. And so even when you're doing these explosive movements, trying to train what's called the stretch reflex of your muscles, um, you're building your heart as well. And you're building your cardiovascular system. And so that's how we've been training people for mountains and outdoor adventures lately. 
And tell us a little bit there. We heard about Ryan's background. Tell us a little bit about your background. You know, why, why fitness, why mountain climbing and you know, what the heck are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, I guess this is just an evolution of, uh, of, of growth of a career. Um, I job shadowed a personal trainer when I was 12, I just knew I always wanted to do this. I just loved it. And, um, you know, used what I was learning in school for exercise science, uh, to, um, run track, uh, got to be a multi-time national champ in track and field and, and ran at the Olympic trials, USA world team trials. And, and so I was always, like Ryan said, I was always, uh, training in the gym for something outside of the gym. And then I didn't realize that, you know, I got out of college and, you know, it was all about like helping people lose weight and, you know, and then I started working out in the gym to get better at working out in the gym. You know, I wanted to see how I, how I, how I could get that deadlift or whatever it was. Um, and you know, it just came back to, I, I love the outdoors. We grew up as hunters and, um, you know, just love being outside and being active. And I'm like, you know, I want to get back to training for something. And ironically, that's what helped my clients lose weight and keep it off the most, right? Like you're going to climb a mountain. That's a lot easier if you're 40 pounds lighter and you, you start training. You don't necessarily think about like, I have to lose weight. You just naturally start losing weight and you, you get active and you go out and you do it and you drop another 10, well, I think for pounds. me, yeah. I mean, for me, I lost about 60 pounds all of a sudden told, uh, you know, being on the program, getting ready. Yeah. And, and then how much did better. you lose on the mountain itself? 11 pounds in four days. <laughs> yeah. I got on the scale three times on Monday morning. I'm like, Just this can't be check. right. Like, let me, let me replace the batteries. And yep. I decided I like the batteries. So, <laughs> you know, if the batteries give me this answer every time, right, it's got to be those, good. Recharge them on That's the right. <laughs> Exactly. Now, if the goal is just to lose weight, once you do that, the goal's already achieved. It's over yeah. right now. Yeah. And then you, what is, what's the next thing? And if you don't keep setting that carrot out there, you just put it all back on. Right. And so it's like setting these adventures, things to train for that you want to be fit, healthy, and, and have that active lifestyle for, you know, that's just what keeps it off long-term. And I think the great part about what you guys do that I've always respected, you know, again, I mentioned, I, I didn't realize Grand Teton was such an accomplishment, you know, and, and I probably should have done a little more research, but um, it, it was a, a heck of a challenge, but it doesn't have to be that challenge. It, the, the challenge could be, I want to be able to go for a walk on Sundays with my family or get on the floor and play with the kids. And it can be a lot of different goals. And I think maybe you guys don't want to talk about this, but I think the challenge with some gyms is there's one program and there's one goal, right? And what I've always really respected about the two of you is, is how much time and dedication you put into your own education and getting better. And you, you always strike me that you're continuing to learn mm -hmm. and how much you're able to hear and meet the person where they are, as I said earlier, and kind of develop a plan based on what's important to them and what they're trying to accomplish, not necessarily what's important to you or me. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> I think, uh, really the challenging thing as a trainer too, is it's very easy to fall into the realm of, you know, this is what we do and plugging people into the system. And I mean, when it boils down to it, some of the goals that Derek was talking about, you know, if you climb a mountain or you want to like hike with your family or get down on the floor, I think that stuff is a lot easier to see as well. It's a lot more motivating. Like you can, you can kind of visualize yourself doing that where on the flip side, like losing weight, you know, sometimes it's a little bit harder to, to visualize what you're going to look like when you weigh a certain amount. And then that plays into the motivation side of things. So anyway, getting back to the uh, like plugging the program into the person as opposed to the person into the program, I guess. Uh, it, it is very easy to fall into that trap of, of putting people into certain categories 
but it is, I think, really important to find out what they want to do, what motivates them, and then uh, schedule things accordingly. We're talking a little bit just about movement and how that's important as we age and, you know, how so many gyms, it's kind of this muscle head stuff, which is if that's your goal, that's great. But everybody has different goals. And I think this idea of goal setting probably doesn't get enough attention. It's important to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, when you set that carrot out there, you have something to train for, right? Otherwise, you just end up going to the gym and you're like, what am I really doing? Is this stress relief or do I just know exercise is good for me in general? You know, when you set that goal out there, of, for example, for you, Tony, climbing a mountain, right? You don't want to show up for that unprepared. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you say that, dear. I, I thought I really prepared. I, I worked hard, lost 50 pounds before we went out there. And it, it still kicked my butt. But if I just think about where I would have been had I not done that work. And I certainly wouldn't have been at the summit. That's for sure. Well, and that I was going to say that actually feeds into trying new things. Like it was your first time doing it. So, you know, you think you, you, or you thought you were like, say overprepared. Uh, and then you got out there and experienced that, oh, well, maybe it wasn't quite prepared enough, right. but that's kind of the, the nature of doing new things. You know, you're going to fail at them and, and that's okay. Like as adults, we get into this mindset that I, I can't fail at things. And when you try new things, you just have to come into it with that expectation. Like, hey, I'm not going to be very good at this, but pay attention to if it's something that you kind of enjoy, even if you're not good at it at first. Uh, and you definitely get better as you go. So I'm sure, hey, when you go next year, you're going to be in much better. Whoa, sounds like you're committing <laughs> me to something, buddy. We didn't talk about this yet. Are you trying to pin me down on I, air I, here? I, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. All right. We had an idea. We talked about the two hardest mountains in the lower 48 states being Rainier and Grand Teton. Well, you did Grand Teton. Let's go find out if Rainier is just. All right. <laughs> All right. I think Anthony will be in for sure, but yeah, man, so he, I think I'm committed. He did awesome, too. Yeah. yeah. You, your kid is tough for sure. Um, I'll tell you what, if we, we can talk about him for just a moment. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm just going to say it. I, I was really concerned about him. He didn't train, you know, he's an active kid. He plays basketball a lot. He uh, loves weights and working out, but I couldn't get him to go on any hikes with me. I couldn't get him to do any of the TNT adventure fit workouts with me. And I said to him two weeks ahead of time, Hey buddy, do you want to just maybe not do this? And he said, no, dad, I'm going to do it. And I said, but what do you mean you're going to do it? You haven't trained. And I said, what are you going to do? It's going to get tough. And he said, well, there's not going to be another option. He said, the option is going to be to keep going. And I don't think I caught it when he said that. But then we get out there and, and maybe in the next segment, we'll talk a little bit about our three days out there. But we get out there, tough day one, just getting to camp, wake up. And, and unfortunately, and in the past, Anthony has suffered from a little bit of altitude sickness. And I know Derek and Ryan, you guys were checking on him and never got dangerous, but he was feeling nauseous and, and dry heaving, couldn't get any food down. And I mean, I, I said to him, you guys didn't hear me, but as we started that morning in the dark at 4 a.m., I said to him, hey, do you want to stay back? And he said, dad, I didn't come here to stand at 10. I came here to climb a mountain. And I said, okay, I'm not going to question him again. And this kid, dry heaving, altitude sickness, put in an 18-hour day. We left the tents at 4 a.m., got back at 10 p.m. And not only did he do it sick, but he kicked my butt. I mean, it was pretty awesome. He has youth on his side, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. I need some of that. Can we bottle that or <laughs> new TNT product? Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> and it is good to train, right? I, I'm reminded of this thing that was going around Facebook for a while about this uh, older gentleman that would uh, lift up a kettlebell and push it forward and then set yeah. it down. And he'd do that every day 
you know, and then Christmas came around and he lifted up his grandchild so his grandchild could put the star on the tree, right? He's training for that thing. And I was like, oh my God, as a trainer, you know, I get teary-eyed thinking about that, you know, but in reality, you do want to train for something like this or whether it's hiking around any of the national parks or state parks, but um, it's probably 80% mental. You know, climbing a mountain is very mental and that's where I was so impressed with him and you, Tony, just your relentlessness to not give up. Um, that's something that comes from within mm-hmm. and you, you almost can't train for that or, or if you do, it's little by little over the course of your life. Um, but yeah, mental toughness and that willingness to say, I, I just will not quit. Um, that's so clutch to climb in mountains or achieving big goals. You know, I, I would almost say that you, you can train for that mental side of things, but you have to do it in an, in an intentional way. So gently, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, especially when you're getting into fitness, it's very easy to go from say zero to 60 in like a day and then you hurt and you know, maybe something gets injured and then you're off for a while again. And, and that's it. The start and stop is not super effective. But if you slowly ramp up to it, you know, training to an extent is a little bit uncomfortable. You, know, you breathe a little bit heavy, your heart rate goes up, you sweat. Uh, but doing that over and over and over again, you start to slowly get outside your comfort zone. And then before you know it, you're way outside of what your comfort zone used to be, but still within your new comfort zone. 100%. Hey, podcast fans. If you're ready to take the next steps to create your retirement-ready roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow us and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now back to the podcast. I I think it's important. I'd love to hear what you guys think about this, but I think just in life, whether it's fitness or in life, the the ability, and maybe it's a lost art sometimes. Sometimes I get younger folks that come in and interview, and I I certainly don't want to classify a whole generation. I mean, there's some incredible young folks. I have some that work for me that are phenomenal, but I think this ability to set big, scary goals that seem unattainable, and and to your point there, this ability to say, I'm not going to quit. Like, like it's going to be uncomfortable. And and I think about my life and some of the struggles I went through as a young man and kind of rebuilding myself and my career. None of the good stuff came from the easy things, right? All Mm -hmm. the good stuff came from the hard work. And I remember on Saturday thinking about that, thinking, you know what? I could stop here and the sleeping bag in the tent sounds pretty good, but I'm forever going to know that I stopped. And I think there's more in the tank. And I'm going to forever have to think about that and be stuck with that emotion. Or I can go through some time period that, I mean, I commit to you guys, was very uncomfortable for me physically. Both some of the climbing was out of my comfort zone. And just physically, it it was tough. I was in a ton of pain on Saturday night coming back. But that ended. Mm -hmm. It didn't last. You know, the pain was temporary. The, The pain didn't last. I was able to get through it. I didn't get any injuries. And I got to the top of this this mountain, and, and for me, I was in tears. I, I couldn't hold myself together. And, and I think, you know, that ability to set those goals and just decide I'm going to try to find another gear and push through. I think that's important. And you guys probably get to see that a lot with your clients, which I think is a pretty unique experience. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, on a scale of one to 10, where one is the life's most horrible moments and 10 is the most uh, amazing moments that you're ever going to experience in your life. I don't think you can truly achieve the 10 without a little mm, pain and suffering and, and disappointment or, you know, hard work. Um, you know, like if you, if you just flew to, you know, Antarctica or you just somehow landed on the top of a mountain via parachute, you'd be like, wow, this is so amazing. But the sole fact that you human powered yourself there and worked so hard, it just, it just elevates that, that, uh, scale of one to 10 to a 10, you know, instead of maybe a seven or an eight. Well, and I think just in life, I mean, it's something I, I want to impart on my kids that, you know, hard work and effort is going to bring you great results in life and, and great things can happen if, if you decide you're comfortable doing the uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, all of this stuff plays together. Like it's in some respect, uh, good to compartmentalize some things, but then you also need to understand how things kind of, uh, I guess, bleed into one another. So just because you do something physical, I mean, success breeds success. So if you do something physical and you build that little success and say, Hey, I did this thing, then, you know, maybe when you get into your work day, you have just a little bit more resilience to put in a little bit more effort or stay late or whatever it happens to be. And all of those successes then continue to build and feed into one another. So your fitness helps your work. Your work helps your relationships, your relationships help your education, your education circles around and helps your fitness again uh, and add any other category that you want. And it all it all plays together. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's incredible. I call them big, hairy, audacious goals. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, BHAGs. having yeah, BHAGs, having those scary goals is important. And it was interesting to me. I think just the way the weekend played out, Anthony was faster than me. So him and Derek ended up spending a lot of time together. You hung back. I think you were afraid I was going to die and you wanted to be there to catch me. But well, I, mean, I, I, I needed to, a... to be fair, it was my second time up too. So like I was totally going to come back. To well, get you listen, if you I, I, I appreciate that, but I know you were hanging back to make sure I didn't die. But, um, you know, going through that you know it's a little bit frankly harder just you know a week here trying to process for myself but as a father you know I, you you love your kids tremendously but as they develop and become adults and you know anthony's 16 he's becoming a man and you know anthony is incredibly brilliant like straight a student very dedicated to his schoolwork he's a very sweet kind caring person i've always saw him in this incredible light but what I saw that weekend was a little bit of monster. There was just a little <laughs> bit of like that guy who was going to decide to do something and he's getting it done and there's not going to be. And I hadn't seen that before, yeah. you know, and he kind of referenced it when we talked about it beforehand. But to see it, I mean, I had a hard enough time. Unfortunately, I'm not affected by the altitude. I mean, of course, cardio and stuff, mm -hmm. but I don't get sick. And so I'm fortunate there. But I had a difficult enough time getting up there feeling fine. I can't imagine being nauseous and dry heaving. And, and, and when he said that to me this morning, I was like, whoa. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to ask him that question again. You know, that's, I mean, that's the whole burn the bridges, he was sink going the boat, sink he the was ship, going whatever. For it. Yeah. He, he was, was like, going for it. And he leveled up Yeah, for sure. Sorry. Right. You know, he, he, he even mentioned to me, he's like, you know, when I have to run the mile at, at school in gym class, I don't think it's going to be nearly as hard. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you leveled up. You, your, your experience of what hard or difficult is, is on a new level now. Yeah. I, I'll go back to that, that comfort zone thing too. And, and really that's the trick is you, you, 
you can't go too far outside your comfort zone. You have to go out of it a little bit and then retreat back in, but also recognizing that growth happens on that outside of the comfort zone. It doesn't happen when you're inside. Yeah, that's for sure. And so guys, I wanted to, uh, we learned a little bit about your background, but I thought it'd be fun to kind of run through what these three days look like and maybe some of the challenges. I can tell you a little bit what I was thinking. So it was your uh, second lap in a week or how many days? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Sunday. So yeah, I did well, three laps in basically a week, three laps in a week. And you did four in a week, different groups of friends that went up with you guys. You got it. Yeah. Friends and uh, clients of adventure fit. Yeah, yeah. People that took on a challenge said, Hey, we want to do this. And I've done it before in the past and said, well, I know, I know the different routes up. So yeah, come on along. Let's do it together. Yeah. It was quite the experience. So day one, so me and Anthony fly out to Jackson hole on Thursday night and we're excited and, and you know we got there in time the sun hadn't set yet and we're kind of staring at this like just i don't know how to describe yeah, like breathtaking or, intimidating yeah. <laughs> intimidating <laughs> but i don't think we quite realized that yet but beautiful yeah. you know i got some funny pictures of anthony pointing to the top of the grand peak and you know we got some dinner that night and there was i want to say some nervous excitement you know there was definitely some nerves like have i done enough you know, and, you know, I think that also we were talking a little bit about mindset in the last segment. You know, I've noticed one thing with really successful people, whether it's sports, business, whatever it is, you know, kind of your average athlete kind of does what they think they have to do, where the really impressive ones, the special ones do everything and they're worried they didn't do enough. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what I felt like that night. I was like, oh, did I do enough? Like I was worried, you know, but I was excited, too. And the process, at least out there for us, was you have to get a permit to be able to stay on the mountain. And we missed the ranger time on Thursday, so we couldn't get in there. We got too late. And so we got some sleep, excited, but we just we said, so we walk around town. And Anthony actually said, well, why don't we get a good night's rest? Let's go to bed early. I said, oh, okay, I guess we're going to bed early. Good idea. Right. <laughs> so we get a good night's rest. We wake up. And I was able to, you have one of these GPS texting, you know, Garmin inReach things. And you said, are you open? I said, no, they don't open till nine. You know, the way, and you're like, no, dude, <laughs> it opens at eight. So we rushed over there. We were third in line and we get up to the Ranger. And as I understand, you guys can clarify if my details are wrong, but normally you buy a permit for the next day. Right. And, and I just asked the Ranger, I said, are there any permits left for today? And he said, it's your lucky day. We can get you on a mountain today and you can stay overnight. And so suddenly we went from we're going tomorrow to we're going right now. Mm -hmm. So it was a pretty exciting feeling. Yeah, for sure. I mean, normally you log on in January and get your permits. So you were you were looking for a walk up. So definitely a lucky situation. Yeah. yeah. Three yeah. in the fire. Definitely a lucky situation. And so the first day, eight miles, yeah, eight maybe? and a half, I think, probably eight and a half, yeah. 5,000 feet of elevation. uphill. All yeah. uphill. You know, we were trained, Ryan, you and I trained a bunch. And I, I, I think uh, my team had posted some pictures of me on, on the business social media. Uh, trained a lot at Lapham Peak. And mm -hmm. you try to go up the tower to simulate the verticals. Really, yeah. I realized in hindsight, it's really hard to simulate here. But um, yeah, you can't simulate like boulder crawling. Oh, right. right. When yeah. we say uphill, this isn't like an uphill walk, you guys. This is like crawling over boulders, scrambling you know, a rocky terrain yeah. that wants to roll your ankle at every turn. Right? And sometimes so you take eight. a step and then your foot slides back a half an inch or so. So you're like recovering ground that you just walked. Well, eight, even on that first half, that four miles or whatever it was, 
I, you know, I'd lap them or whatever. You go up a hill and then there's flat for, yeah. and I, I kept thinking like, where does where's the break? <laughs> like this just keeps going up. Yeah. Eight rough miles with a 40 to 50 pound pack on your back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the boulder thing. Let, let's talk about that a little bit. Cause that was something I hadn't experienced. So when you say boulder field, so we, we would get to these sections and it was just literally, you know, huge boulders that had fallen at some point in time. And you guys are much more efficient. You can kind of scurry over them. For me and Anthony, we had to crawl at points, slide on our butts, because we just didn't have the confidence kind of gallivanting over these like a doll sheep yeah. or something. You when guys are incredible. When but. you're talking about boulders, these things are anywhere from like the size of a small table to like the size of your apartment. I mean, there's a huge variation, and some of them are very, very large. Yeah, it was pretty incredible and steep. And yeah. I think, I mean, we weren't very fast. I think it took us nine hours or so to, to get up there. Yeah. Um, so we got there, still a lot of excitement. I, w- I was exhausted. You know, we we do these uh, dehydrated meals. So you guys taught me about this. You buy these meals in a pouch and pour the hot water in and um, went to bed. And I think, again, nervous excitement. I didn't sleep real well. And, and before we went to bed, I think you guys said, hey, we're starting at 4 a.m. And I thought, 4 a.m.? I mean, I wake up early. I'm an early guy. But I thought, well, why are we leaving at 4 a.m.? Yeah, a lot of times it's weather related, you know, uh, storms that come in the mountains come in in the afternoon often. Um, so you want to try to beat that if you can. But also if you have an epically long day, you know, you want to you want to definitely start early. Yeah. So I had no idea it was going to be that long. So we start up at 4 a.m. We have a pretty good hike up to high camp and then we start to work into the top part of the mountain and some more bouldering and some different challenges to face and some technical climbing, some stuff that. I'm not super experienced at Anthony's done some indoor climbing quite a bit. Um, but that was a challenge too. Uh, you guys want to talk about the belly crawl or, um, yeah. So uh, you say it's not a big deal, right? That, I, I saw some of the right. pictures afterwards. I'm like, wait, I did that. It's a 6,000 foot drop. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. 6, and it's like straight down. I mean, that's on the North, what, like the Northeast face. Correct. Yeah. And, uh, and we're roped up. Of yeah, course, we're, so yeah, yeah, we're roped up at that point. And, and Derek led and put pieces of gear into the wall. Uh, and then, you know, we belayed as you and Anthony were going across. Um, and then I, I had to climb out and help a little bit uh, just to, you know, make sure that your foot stuck where you wanted it to go. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, there's a huge trust thing. Just because you have a rope on doesn't mean you trust that rope, yeah, right? Right, right? So yeah, it's t- definitely a learning curve. It, it, I will tell you guys, though, walking through that fear was really critical for me. Uh, Just going through it and then being on the other side of it was important. And so we <clears throat> have this moment. We finally summited about 2 o'clock. So we left at 4 a.m. So it's, what, 10 hours later? Mm-hmm. And was it 2 that we yeah, summited? Two. Yeah, about 2. And, Dare, we got a good video. You, you show us where the uh, summit cap is. It's a metal kind of stamp piece. And. I, I just, I lost it. I mean, I just started bawling because it was so physically demanding, something I didn't think I could do. And, and to get there was just an incredible feeling. And to watch Anthony that day was so inspiring to me as a father. I think, yeah, Derek and I probably teared up a little too, not for us, but for you too. I mean, it's, I couldn't see you guys got those, like, you guys look yeah, like cool glasses. professional climbers, <laughs> like cool stuff on glacier glasses. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't see it. It's certainly like, like it's an guys awesome, are probably laughing at me. I'm crying. I uh, know it's an awesome <laughs> feeling to, to help someone get there, too. And to see the, you know, the resilience that that both you and Anthony showed and, you know, being uncomfortable with it, being scared, kind of your lizard brain turning on, as Derek always likes to say, when you go through uh, the belly crawl and other things like that. So it's 
very uh, inspiring and yeah, I yeah. just a really cool experience. And as a dad myself, like I knew what you were feeling. You know, I had gone up. I took my daughter up when she was thirteen. And, um, you know, just makes them tough and resilient oh, and just I'm proud. Yeah. So, and I was, I was in tough physical shape at this point at two o'clock and now we had to get back to the tents. And yeah. I don't know that any of us knew that that was going to take another eight hours at that point. It ended up being an 18 hour day. Cause I was walking pretty gingerly, but it, it's one of those times of life. I mean, the option is to get back there. I mean, yeah. there's no Uber, yeah. you know, there's no, nobody coming to help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No <laughs> escalator. Yeah. yeah. And sitting here in a retirement planning facility, you know, you think you, you build that wealth up to the top and now you got to successfully come on down That's from right. that, right? Like it's not over just, just cause you built it up. Right. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah. So we made it back exhausted. And then uh, I woke up in rough shape again, but again, I just, you know, Anthony said to me on Sunday morning, you okay, dad? I said, well, you know, I'm hurting, but I said, you know, we got to get out of here. There's no option. It's going to be slow, but we worked our way out. But I think Saturday I have this watch thing. It said we burned 13,000 calories. It was incredible. But tell me a little bit, Derek, we're, we're short on time, but tell me a little bit about Denali. What an accomplishment. We were able to help support a little bit financially as a team. Yeah, thanks so much. Couldn't have done it without you. So definitely appreciate you guys and your support. Um, yeah, heading out to Denali. It was a rough year this year. There was about a 25% success rate um, when we wow. got out there. It was the worst weather they'd had in, during the summer. And in, how long did you end up on the mountain? 24 days. Yeah, it was supposed to be a 16 to 21 day uh, adventure, but the weather just kind of kept us out there and in our tents and running out of food. In fact, uh, one of one of the guys we were with said, hey, guys, we definitely have to walk out tomorrow because we don't have breakfast. And tonight there's ramen. You guys like ramen. right? <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is this is crazy. And, it, you know, it, you, you don't think early on in the in the adventure, you know, that you're going to be out there that long. And, and I was sitting in my tent on one of the weather days, just like eating through all of my lunch food. <laughs> you're allotted like a pound. That, you sent me a text that day. And that was really funny. I, I don't know if you were stuck in a blizzard or what was going on, but you're like, I'm eating through all my food. <laughs> I know you can't like you, you, you spend the, the previous two, three days, just like walking, 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 just nonstop. You get, you're on a 50 pound pack, a 40 pound sled. You're with snowshoes. I mean, it, it's just brutal. And then, then the next day, you're completely sitting in your tent, looking at your like Snickers bars for the next five <laughs> days. And you're like, those look really good right now. And the peak, how tall? Uh, twenty thousand three ten. Yeah, wow, twenty. This tallest peak in North America. And um, yeah, we made it to the top right before the top. There's um a section called Pig Hill. You know, so uh, you're you're kind of coming up from nineteen and about nineteen and a half thousand feet at that point, and. We came up over the ridge line and I saw that hill and thought, oh my gosh, I just started tearing up. Tears were fr freezing to my face. I'm like, I got to wow. text everybody and say, I'm going to make a pig roast to just motivate myself. Just dominate up this pig thing. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Well, I'd love to hear more, but we're running short on time. If people have questions, need some help with their fitness goals, what's the best way to connect with the two of you? Uh, so adventurefit.us uh, and just send an email from the, the contact form that actually goes to both of us. And then if you're local to like Brookfield or Milwaukee, uh, dot com, and same thing, send uh, an email from the contact form and that'll go directly to me. I love it. And I also want to just take a moment to say thank you to both of your Shannons. You're both in relationships with Shannons, but <laughs> yes, different people, different people. Yes. <laughs> but you guys are gone a lot, but, uh, for me, you've changed my life, not just on this experience. And I know that doesn't happen without the support of your wives and your girlfriend. You know, it's hard for you guys to be gone this much, but you really are affecting lives and, 
And I know that's a family effort. It doesn't happen just with the two of you. So I really, that means a lot to me that, that the families allow you to do that so you can affect all of us. So if you're looking for some help with fitness, there's not anything better than these two brothers. So reach out and connect with them. And thanks for tuning in this week. Hey, podcast fans, if you're ready to take the next steps to create your Retirement Ready Roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Drake & Associates LLC is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Advisory services offered through Drake & Associates LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Drake & Associates LLC is not permitted to offer. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Drake & Associates LLC.